right. Kush, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you see me? I could see you just fine. All right. Everything worked. It was actually real, looked a little dicey, but it worked. Our technical difficulties have been averted by <laughs> unplugging and plugging the camera back in. Yeah. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. It is I, once again, your trusted Dungeon Master, Brian, taking the reins away from Koosh. Give them to me. Thank you. Please. You did a wonderful job. I don't want them. You don't want them. Koosh, we're here to... We're here to talk about the recap and wrap-up of The Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh. Yeah, I was excited to run that. Um, I remember seeing it and I was like, all right, this is it. And we, I think we were talking for a while about uh, running another thing on the side. And I yep. finally found one I liked. <laughs> and we ended up doing that. You know what? Move your camera up a little bit because it's cutting off the top of your head. Oh, no. How's that? How's that? Uh, that's better. That's better. Okay, sweet. Just squinch down. Don't don't move the camera. The camera is too metal. Camera, don't touch the both. camera again. I, I did both just in case. <laughs> now we had we had decided like quite early on that once we started running one AP that we were eventually going to run another AP. Yeah. And I I thought I thought we had even mentioned that we were going to um, put it out as like a like a tier bonus for the Patreons. Remember mm -hmm. that we were talking about that. And then yeah. with all the COVID crisis that ended up coming down, we just, we had to get something else out there just for our regular listeners. And yeah. I think we, you just took the reins on that because I was so geared up for carrying crown that I had nothing else in reserve planned. So it takes time to find a good one. So I had something, so it just made sense for me to, to grab it and run with it. Now, and, were you uh, going to run that for your other group at home? Uh, I mostly run homebrew at home so what i normally do is um i get something really really short so even shorter than ghost, the ghost of salt march stuff we did and i use it like like a jumping off point so i'll find something that's like one to two sessions long and i'll be like all right this is how you guys meet up and know each other that way it's not always just a tavern that's what i normally do yeah i i mean you had it pretty much planned with the uh with the adventure already underway like they, the myself and Nick and Junior were already buddied up after taking this thing on, yeah. which is kind of cool. It cuts down a lot of the fat, you know. I did that only because we were a podcast. Because I kind of like the the intro stuff where it's like no one really understands each other. But I was like, uh, we're a podcast. We could cut that fat a little bit, and then we'll just start. We'll just jump in. Yeah, and I really don't edit much of these videos, so I got to make sure that. Eric, who's probably the most notorious for getting up to use the toilet more than anybody else at the table, knows that when we sit down to record uh, our next session that he's got to stay on camera. He should probably bring like a Folgers can or something. And you should you just put it a under... bottle. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just like put a toilet seat with a bucket on it and wheels, you know, so he can just roll you around. Just record... why, why do that? Just record in the bathroom. Yeah, just, just take his camera with him. But now... <laughs> What made you decide on on the sinister secret of Salt Marsh rather than because I mean that book is well first of all why that that particular book because there's all kinds of other adventure paths and stuff tales from the Yanni portal oh, and... I normally so whenever uh, one of those books is put out I normally kind of just um, go through them and see what I can like dig out of them uh, so for this one in particular I really like the bones of the first adventure which has like two parts 
so one of the reasons that I actually really like this one and kind of suggested we w went with this is um, we weren't 100% sure how long you know, lockdown would be, uh, but it had two distinct parts. Uh, so it, I estimated it would be like five sessions. And if we decided to go on to the second part, it would be like 10 sessions. So that was a really big part of it. And that's what happened. I think we talked about this, what was it, 130 days ago with, when <laughs> the quarantine days. began, is we had two carrying crowns in reserve. And I was slowly putting them out there. I'm like, oh, no, you know, we're running out. What are we going to do? Because we have nothing else. And then we did the recap of the first book, hoping that all this stuff would be lifted, and it just didn't. So then you started in on yours, and we were we were thinking, well, by the end of five, maybe they'll they'll lift it up because it will be five weeks. Yeah. And I think we ended up going to uh, the ninth week, and they lifted it. Yeah. And then we started uh, yeah. meeting back at the table again, and then we recorded. I think um, was it like six episodes of carrying crown i think because we're on 39 right now yeah, we just finished 39 yeah and i think we yeah so we did nine nine wow that's pretty pretty long actually um is that right uh well we i, I don't know if we no i don't think that's right well we, we recorded um i think we recorded some after we had already come back okay um, I, I'm not sure how many week, we, we reported. I think we were on 39 or something. I had to, uh, stupid of me not to know, but, and then they shut us down again. And so then I released your session nine because I was holding on to it in case something happened. And then we just started finishing it off. So we actually did get the 10 episodes, which uh, uh, session 10 is actually so long that it got cut into two parts, which I thought was pretty good because while you were playing, while we were all playing, I was watching the timer of when you, when you broke us from a particular point, and I was like, that's perfect. In fact, episode one, I'm sorry, uh, part one is one minute, one second, and 23, one minute, one hour, one hour, one minute, and 23 seconds. Part two yeah. was one hour, one minute, and 44 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so they're the only like, like 21 that. second difference between <laughs> the two. The reason it worked out like that is because I estimated it was basically going to be two sessions, but I really wanted to finish on session 10 like nice perfect even session 10 i didn't want to go to session 11. <laughs> and just so everybody knows junior and i love to get our pregame on and i think so does nick and you said you'd <laughs> be on at seven you got on at like 750 we were already on our third voodoo by then yeah junior was in my house downstairs so he had access to the to the all the beer in the in the rage room so and it's been sitting there because nobody's coming over. So we were well, pretty got use out of it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I know that I had a really good, really good time playing that. In fact, I don't, I don't really care about the spoiler aspect of it at this point because this will be aired after part two gets aired. Yeah, I'm not worried. <laughs> so everybody should know, your boy Ellis the Starter Carter got turned to stone. He is demised. <laughs> I've I halfway got to killing a PC. In a, in a month's time, you you will be permanently turned to stone if they can't do anything. So I, I'm feeling good about that. <laughs> I have zero faith in their ability or their desire to want to cure me. So, the only thing, the only reason why they would want to is because I'm holding a portion of the gold that we all split. 
Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, if you're if the cost of turning you back is more than three hundred thirty-three gold pieces, you might be out of luck. Yeah, they might not just they might just try to chisel it off my my bones. <laughs> How but much was back? <laughs> we're actually preparing for the second quarantine uh, AP that we'll be running, and it will be out of the Tales from the Yawning Portal, the Hidden Shrine of Tamoakon. That is what we I will be running for. You and Junior and Nick, and we will have Eric on board this time. In fact, I just messaged him a little while ago, asked him if he got his his thing all set up, and he said that uh, he wanted to call me later on to test his his camera and mic and connection and everything. So. Nice. So. It'd be good to have him in here, too. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait, you know, to have him be part of that again. So. <laughs> He's going to have to bring his own beer this time, though, because <laughs> he'll be at home. <laughs> So what else do you have to say about this awesome AP? I mean, because I I own the book, but when you said you were going to run the the Sinister Secret, uh, I chose not to look at it until yeah. I think yesterday when I started, re or maybe it was the day before. I don't remember which day it was that I started recording the intros for it. Um, I had to get the name of how to spell Galen Prime Water. I didn't know it was Prime. I thought it was Prim Water. It's Prime Water. Yeah, and I was right. so I was looking through it trying to find the guy's name. I was like, "Wow, you really thin this thing down considerably." <laughs> I did. I don't. I wouldn't say I thinned it down. Uh, the only, I think the biggest thing I changed was the plot hooks. Um, I think the big plot hook for the adventures is the the adventures that go to the town and then they talk in the town for a while, uh, and they get they hear that this place is all secret uh, and maybe haunted. Then they go, and then there's a lot of back and forth with the town, uh, and I figured, okay, if I want my estimate be, to be good, and I want it to be kind of like, um, take the fat out for that portion, I'm going to make my own plot hook. Uh, so Galen Primewater is a character in the Ghost of Saltmarsh book, but has nothing to do with the adventure. Um, I basically ripped that name, and I used it to make a character that would fix all my problems at once so it made you guys um uh, a group of adventurers already and then also you already had your hook to go straight to the house if you wanted that was great i mean to to streamline your main bad guy to to cover all those bases because then you know where your point a and point b are going to wind up without being too railroady and you still yeah. give the agency to the players to either choose to be with him or to choose to be with, uh, I forgot what the other guy's name was. That guy, Sam, there, there's actually a lot of people. You Sam could with Sam Belay, could have sided with uh, Uhtred or um, Galen. Those are the big people you could have sided with, I think. Yeah, and Sam Belay got eviscerated. <laughs> and yeah, like, there were the three right. players, they weren't necessarily in agreement with each other. So uh, you can pick your side, and I don't think any of them were good. <laughs> I think that's good, though. I mean, that it allows for the dynamics of not making something crystal clear of who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. And and I think I tried to do the same thing uh, last year with Riders on the Storm, where you really weren't sure if the uh, the Seekers Foundation were good people or not. Yeah, you know, yeah. That they were messing there were, with timelines and stuff. There were some times when we were like, should we be siding with this guy, with these guys, or should we be changing our mind now? Um, it's never, it's never really clear. Um, more so when we had the, there was one, uh, there was one guy that came from the Seekers 
except he was basically like just abandoned back in the past, which is where we went. We're like, Archer. Yeah, Archer. Like, <laughs> is this? Are these the good guys? Like, this guy's just abandoned here. <laughs> we might be screwed. They kept sending waves. Yeah, they kept to sending see if they, they, they fixed the, the good problem. guys do. <laughs> Every time they're like, they wait, nothing happened. Send the next wave. <laughs> send the next no wave. No came back. Send more men. <laughs> and you know, homebrew is always easier to write for. But I, I think we discussed it. We just don't generate enough uh, listeners for homebrew. But for all you listeners, if you want a, an entertaining tale, please return to Riders on the Storm. And if you could get past the first couple of episodes where the audio was a little more rough and there was a lot more fidgeting about, uh, I think about episode five, it really kicks into high gear. So Yeah. yeah. Which good. is, I think, when they get to the Island of the Damned. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry, going back to um, things that I changed from the books. I think I didn't change too much. I think the bones are really good. Uh, I actually made, I think, a, in a lot of places, uh, combat easier, which is uh, it was balanced for four people. Uh, you guys came in with three, so I think there was a good chance you could have died in, in a lot yeah. of places, uh, more so than already. But uh, uh, I think one of the big examples of that is... Um, uh, the alchemist with the skeletons. Originally, it's like you fight all four skeletons at once, and then a couple turns through, the alchemist comes in because you're making noise. Uh, I split it into two that lure you in, and then two, uh, two that show up uh, to uh, keep your escape, and then the alchemist comes in. So um, I think that one was very, very close, but uh, I think you're basically one turn away from determining if it was like a TPK or where <laughs> you guys won. I, I uh, thought that one of the closest ones was the uh, when we were fighting the lizard men on the boat. That was very, very close. Uh, one of the lucky things that happened there is, um, so for the listeners, I'm very aware of Nick's character's tendency to go down. So <laughs> uh, very early on, I built in that uh, if you went down three times, and I knew that the venture was going to be pretty dangerous for him. That if he went down three times, his uh, his patron would intervene uh, and strike a deal. Um, and so, luckily, but that wasn't even his that patron. One, Asmodeus uh, isn't his patron. Asmodeus is, according to Nick, Asmodeus is his patron. Oh, it was. I didn't know that. He yeah. never really told me anything about his backstory, so I, I was unaware that that was the case. Yeah, of course, so, uh, my character would have no reason to know his backstory, though. So. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, that's part of also some of the stuff I changed here and there. So, you know, the sword that uh, Junior got, I just put that in because that's something to do with his character. That book from Asmodeus wasn't actually about Asmodeus initially. It was about another evil dude, but that's specific to Greyhawk. Um, but I should keep listen to relevant. see whether or not we have an echo. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I hear you. Oh, cool. All right. I guess we don't have an echo. <laughs> I guess we'll find out when I when I double check this on the back end. <laughs> That's true. Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Sound good here. Good. Yeah. Um, so, other than making things easier, uh, I don't think I did too much uh, other than uh, just make, put in some things for your character backstories here and there. 
Yeah, and you know, it's funny was you had said Ellis had had black eyes. I I didn't mean that his actual eyes were black. I think I think I meant just like they they had a darkened, like they had seen so much shit that they were just. He sees the world, you know, through that that scope of being very pessimistic, you know. Yeah, so I, I think you mentioned like the the way you mentioned it was it like it almost sounded like it was a temporary thing that happens here and there, and so I kind of just ran with that um, because it gave me a cool chance to set up you and Gillen, who ended you ended up having backstory with and beef with. That was cool. I liked that too, with with his brothers in the hallway and everything, and. You know, that really ramped up the anger, like, I'm going to kill this man, no matter <laughs> what. And he had never met him. He was always, like, dealt with middlemen, so he had no idea, really, the level of of difficulty it was going to be to deal with him. I mean, obviously, it took him out, so. <laughs> yeah, but. at least he went down swinging, and uh, I don't know if he knows it, but he, it, he was successful, so it's good to know. <laughs> well, it was a really good good uh ap it was not too long not too short and it did its it served its purpose of filling in that slot that we suddenly became available i think that uh the hidden shrine of tomoa khan is going to do the same thing i think it'll probably go about the same amount of uh, same amount of sessions um i'll see what i what other things i need to trim the fat off of to make it uh more streamlined and what i need to add in there in case you guys are a little too buff so (laughs) I, I think that won't be a problem, but we'll see. No, it shouldn't be a problem with me. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't know if I told you this, but remember when you guys first got to the Harrowstone prison and you saw uh, Warden Hockran's dwelling, his house, yeah. and you went inside there and it was all shambled up and that, that grell came down? Yeah. I tell you that wasn't in the AP, right? No, you didn't tell us. But, yeah, I mean, grells not... are part of it, aren't they? Because more than one came... Came up. Oh, you just made <laughs> all of them are made up. Yeah, I, I put a little bit more flavor. They had wild rats in there, and I, I just thought that was too weak. <laughs> so I felt like because you guys were pretty beefy, you know, I felt like you guys could do a little bit more. Of course, I didn't realize I should have known by that point that Nick's character wasn't gonna, he was gonna go down. But oh, actually, uh, there was one combat I did end up making harder. Uh, there are, there was, there's two hobgoblins or something. And they're like running around, and um, I figured, you know, uh, they're kind of separate. Why don't I like combine them? But then like their AC is just insane. I think you guys are trying to hit it, and you're like, holy hell, we can't hit this thing. I think it's like AC 18 or something. Yeah, it was uh, huge. Uh, so I ended up turning one of them into two other goblins. Uh, so I changed that up, uh, and then they also turned against the bandits because I was having difficulty wrapping my mind around why would they would be completely working with the bandits even if they were like uh, doing a language exchange thing and i was like i kind of like the idea that uh when chaos breaks out the goblins like totally turn on their masters and then uh they were like chopping off heads making <laughs> making a, a, a necklaces out of them <laughs> you like adding that little element of if you just hold back from the fight long enough, they'll do the they'll do it themselves, you know. And then yeah. eventually, you just kind of, you know, we'll we'll have to get together sometime and actually talk about like our behind the our DM stuff, what we do behind the screen, like how oh, we yeah. how we modify uh, encounters on the fly, you know, whether they if we we increase the difficulty or start 
peeling it back a little bit, how we determine whether or not things should go on a little bit more or how to add certain elements that, that seem logistically plausible, like adding more adversaries as the battle's in, engaged and the heroes are really kicking some quick ass and you're looking at the time and you're thinking, well, I need to extend this out a little more. You know, you don't want to just keep adding hit points to something. You want to make it more lethal in a sense, but yeah, not you, too lethal. You want to make it more lethal. You also want to make it a little bit more dynamic, right? It's way cooler when reinforcements come as opposed to um, the invisible. I'm going to increase the HP. And then people are going to be like, wow, this guy has a lot of hit points. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, sometimes you'll increase the number of attacks they may have per round or, or you'll change their damage dice, things like that. So mm-hmm. sometimes what you can do is like increase uh, barbs to not only do piercing, but do slight poison damage or, or, you know, grapple and then restrain, things like that. I like that kind of shit, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Well, shit, man. I don't know if you have anything else. This could have been a rolling for 20 episode because we literally <laughs> we had 21 20. minutes. <laughs> man, we haven't done one of those in a while. Uh, I know. We just did. So. Yep, we technically <laughs> just did. So this would be a, we'll post title this as a rolling for 20 behind the scenes of Sinister Secret Assault Marsh where we digress and work our way from his session, his AP, all the way back around to his AP again. Good job, Koosh. Thanks, man. Looking forward to uh, finish writing. We're going to do that.